Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight, we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the recovery college, well-being or research. Hello and welcome to a Mental Health and You podcast today with myself, Dr Beth Mosley, consultant clinical psychologist working in the children, young people's and families pathway for NSFT. And I'm really delighted today to have three guests with me. So Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Beth. Deb. Hi, Beth. And James. Hi, Beth. So Sophie, Seb and James have all had different experiences of receiving help in the past around well-being and mental health. And we've been meeting together as a group for some time thinking about how we can support other people, whether they're young people um, or adults who might be working with young people, um, to think about the small things that they can do to make a difference around supporting a young person's well-being. Um, and really, we've come up with this idea that do you know how important you are? So we're going to start today just with a conversation really about um, what it might have been like in the past to have had help to support someone who might be kind of feeling quite distressed or in a, a quite isolated and alone um, and, and what can be really, really helpful. Um, so I, I'm going to start with uh, Sophie because Sophie, one of the things that we, we talked about before was, you know, how important that very first conversation you might have with a professional, for example, when you might be confiding your struggles and their response um, to that can really have a big impact on on how you feel. Um, and I'm just thinking about the theme of hope that um, you you brought to the last time we were talking. I wondered if you could elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, sure. So I remember going to um, the doctors when I was younger, when I was in high school, and I'd I'd been a couple of times before because of um, anxiety and I and depression, and I just knew I wasn't feeling quite right um and I remember going back and this was the first time I ever I ever felt like I was in a crisis mode like I I felt like I really needed support right there and then um and I remember going to the doctors and speaking to the doctor and and saying how I felt and I remember their response um which was we'll try this medication but if this doesn't help you then nothing will um and that's just stuck with me ever since because I've always really needed some, you know, some hope to try and keep me going through things and to uh, to help manage the anxiety or to help manage however I'm feeling. And that one comment, which, you know, th- they probably don't even remember saying, but to me, that's, that's stuck with me ever since. And that took a long time to try and come back from that because I felt like that, that medication was going to be my only hope in that way and I didn't know about kind of self-help techniques or coping mechanisms then either um and it, it just always stands out to me of how powerful you know a comment can be or a sentence can be and it can just stay with you forever and really take away some of that hope that you have 
Wow, that, that what, a, what a powerful moment for you. Can you think of times when people have perhaps responded differently and, and how that might, the small things may have made the difference? What would they do, were they doing differently to kind of give you a sense of feeling safe, feeling hope? Yeah, definitely. So I, I worked with um, a therapist um, who was absolutely amazing and it was the first time that I really felt like I'd been listened to and it was just things like when she said well what do you think or what do you think would be the best way to go forward and that was the first time I'd really felt like I was given some control over that because I think with the uh, I had a diagnosis a diagnosis of obsessive compulsive disorder so a lot of the time I didn't feel like I had control in my life and that was a really it might seem like something really small, but just by her saying to me and working with me and saying, what do you think or where would you like to go? That just kind of, that made me feel like I was in such a safe and supportive space and that they were the professionals, but she was still willing to listen to me. Um, so that really stands out. And I also remember someone saying to me that if I didn't have any hope for myself, that that was okay and that they'd hold that hope for me. And I still think about that now. I just I love that, that sometimes if, if I'm having a bad day and I don't have that hope that there's still someone out there, or a, a supporter or a friend or a family member who will still kind of see that hope for me instead. So there's something here about that connection and feeling like somebody's attuned to or come alongside and really gets where you're at, but also includes you in thinking about the future. So like you're going to do this together and it's going to be what's important to you rather than what's important to them does that kind of sound right it does yeah and I think it definitely just by being listened to like that and especially by peers who might have similar experience that connection for me really helped because it took away that some of that isolation that I was feeling beforehand because I didn't understand the thoughts that I was having or, or why I was having them or even how to explain them but by having that connection with either professionals or other people with similar experiences, that, that really helped to bring me that, that kind of hope back. And I, for me, that's still a really powerful thing for me now is to be able to speak to people with that lived experience. Um, that, that still helps me to, to manage things now. So that connection is definitely really important for me. So not feeling alone. And yeah. James, I just recall that... Um, you had described an event in your past where you were feeling really isolated really alone really overwhelmed by being in a different environment um, and a lot of people that you were the professionals the mental health professionals you, who were working with you had kind of made an assumption that you you actually knew what was going on and I just wondered if you could describe a little bit more really about what stood out for you during that difficult time in your life um I think everything it was all pretty overwhelming to me um I wasn't really sure what to think it's like a lot of things felt like it was happening uh really quickly and so uh, I, I don't think I really got that didn't really seem to get any time to talk to someone about you know to uh, kind of give me an idea of what what might be happening to me and like why I might have done it. Uh, I, I only really kind of got that sort of communication remotely from my existing psychologist. 
so yeah i thought that was i kind of felt that was a bit crap of the service really uh that i was getting and considering you know, cause I, I thought you know well where i was or where i was going was going to be the be be the best best place and i'd be more likely to be able to talk to someone about that sort of thing but yeah it just yeah it it, it wasn't as i know nothing's all nothing straightforward but yeah i just thought i'd be able to talk openly to someone about what i was feeling or if i wasn't sure what what it was that i'd be able to get some information from someone and i just remember you talking about um a person who sat down with you and just simply kind of asks you said you told me you're having trouble with this would you like to talk about it and how in that moment you just felt the simplicity of that connection and that curiosity and that question enabled you to have a space where you could talk about it yeah um it was, it was definitely the uh, amazingly it was sort of the uh without having to you know without actually having to instigate something myself which i i wasn't feeling up to um as i was i still felt pretty a bit emotionally numb because i wasn't sure how to think about anything really um if that makes any sense so yeah to have someone actually you know ask the question and um it, really, it made me uh like sophie it kind of made me feel like you know i was being i was actually being recognized where, where i was and maybe so a bit of you know curiosity into how i was feeling rather than just sort of leaving me be and not really you know having any uh, attempt uh, by professionals to investigate further and just going going off one sort of short assessment which is what they did so yeah that, that, yeah that, that's what yeah made me that was definitely the the best best point of it really um but it, it, unfortunately in the, the, that particular circumstance there wasn't I didn't feel there was a lot I could say, and that person only only had limited time because they were short-staffed and, and you know all the, all, the, all those normal things. So it, it, it was it was difficult. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't as easy to talk to professionals as I would have liked. And I guess there are situations where kind of non-mental health professionals might be in a position in your life to to reach out to you or, or check in with you where you are uh, and I guess I'm, I'm curious about you know the sense that everybody's quite rushed and everybody's got something they're getting to or, or even within other organizations there's a pressure around time because everybody's overworked and if yeah. you as a person who is struggling may sometimes sense people's anxiety or fear that if they ask you how you are or if you're okay that you might not answer with yeah I'm fine that you might actually reveal how much you're struggling and I guess in those moments there could be an opportunity for a person if they were uh, brave you know to, to start that conversation in a way that felt genuinely wanting to find out where you're at yeah that they that they in that moment it wouldn't doesn't necessarily need to be like 30 minutes of time it could be a five minute conversation that if that person is genuinely interested in listening to you and connecting to where you're at that that can make a difference 
absolutely yeah yeah just like like even i think depending on on the person even you know um two or or three of those instances can you know be you know so much more helpful than um just having like one one sort of conversation or you know a uh, bit of time ex- ex- explaining uh, ha- how you feel because then you can you know you, as time time progresses you you know you've had a bit longer to think about it and yeah there might be and, and the person you're talking to might have might be, be able to help you uh, more as well so so don't underestimate really the impact of uh, a few minutes of genuine interest um and space to listen and Seb absolutely I'm thinking about something that you said um in one of our conversations around you know being a person and us all being human and how actually that kind of authenticity of just connecting to a person as another person can be so valuable yeah I did yeah I we 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 all we all we all have minds and brains and the the, the, the the issue of why my people and young people have may have problems are today and most mostly today and always have been is because people have brains and minds and if young people if people hear hear things or See things that go that go into your mind and brain. We good people on your own more than before, and it, it shows for young people. Mostly, young people on your own, and it's not helpful for young people who 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 on your own the most. Who knows that? Who knows? Who knows? Who sees the most? Who hear the most? Who feel the most? Who 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 who, who have been doing the most often? The things that they've been doing, the things that people do to people, the things that they see, the things that they hear. Yeah, and we 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 all listen to. Of course, my health is what everyone everyone should. Have very health problems because if you don't have very health problems, then A, you're young, B, you're not and C, you're, you're not being yourself. So, Seb, from your point of view, what do you think has been the most helpful to you in the past? Um, what What advice would you give? Oh. Any adult um, supporting a young person in their life? What, for, for me or people? For you. So what would you well, say well, has been well, most helpful? What I do now is, for example, anything in my past is not helpful. Nothing. So you look to the future. Every day is a new day. Yes. I, because my... I am I am lucky that I'm here today. If day is a day that, that I can work on to move on to do more than I should be doing. To do more than 
I've been told to do when I at doctors and nurses tell my family that you know, 24 years ago, you you trying to hear good luck, and she that you know, it's not it's not gonna be it's not gonna be easy it's not be it's not gonna be great it's gonna be hard. There you go. Go home. And 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 it's you we don't you do it do it come back because no support there no support here for you being a the hated young parent that I am that that what I been. Is you people, Asians, Asians, Philippines, and over and and Americans, and 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 been doing things. What is your person who who is not come from mainstream who who do things in a different way, who see things a different way, who hear different in. You hear things in a different way, you attend things in a different way. It's, it's going to walk out this world and people thinking, what's going on? What are we all, going, what are we all doing? What's going to be in this world before a mess? There's something about keeping an open mind, really, to not judging and understanding that someone else's world may be very different from yours. That doesn't necessarily make it wrong. No, I, I, what, 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 what it mean to be right? What, what does it mean to be wrong? What, what does it mean to be okay? Because, and, and what it means to be not okay? What it, what it, what, what do words mean? Because everything that we say, it means different to everyone. So everything that we say is different. It means something different to everyone in the world. Everyone to, will interpret to, it differently. To, to, to like, world is really hard when the, how we feel and what, how we feel, what we hear and what we see around us is, is the most important what they the most unhelpful things in the world because I, I always want to be a kid. I always want to be my everyone else. And, and what, what, why? Because half the world, half the people in the world are, are not the people who, who, who you should be woke up to. Uh-huh. You know? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, to hear what him do I do I go to if I do, do have I go to prison that? No. If I do, if I take things in it? No. Do I care people that? No. So it's not mean they are they are more bad people than me. But I walk around where I mean it's not easy to be in my shoes because Everything what people are doing, I not doing or do it and do it later in life. 
So I'm thinking about how this is helpful if people who've never walked in your shoes, what do they need to remember when they're trying to support other people who are different from them? Don't don't get into your shoes because if you get into your shoes, you can't get out. Of shoes. <laughs> you know, they, they, their shoes are tied up. And the shoes are, when, you, when you tie your shoes up, you can't get out of your shoes. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the shoes are too big for your feet. So don't try and pretend. Don't try and pretend that you 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 can understand what it's like for someone else. You should be helpful. Yes. You should be nice. Yes. You should be. You should be. You should listen to people. But don't say I know how it is. Don't say I know how it is to be disabled when you've never been disabled. So say that again, Seb. Don't, don't the say, last bit. Don't, don't say that you, I, I know how it is to be disabled. Because you, you're not disabled. Okay. You know, and, and if, you, if you want to be, if you want to try being disabled, you're welcome to. It's not nice. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. And, and, and being disabled, it's not all bad. It's not bad. It's okay. Yeah, we um, I um, when when people talk about being disabled or have a disability, it's it's not all bad. It's it's more part of a person. Everyone in the world have a few things within their like a white lady, you you or. or Batman or something like that. Oh, oh, oh. It won't have two or three things that is part of them. And one of them, one part of them is I'm the hero. And mm. is, it a big, is it a big deal? No. Is it helpful? No. Do the world and the community support it? No. The, the, the reason it's a big issue is because the people around it are not an issue. Being disabled is not an issue. The issue is being around people in this world that don't know how, how to be with people. So, so I'm going to bring James and Sophie in at this point because I think what Seb has just said there is really interesting and, and I think it covers some of the things we've talked about before about looking at the whole picture and not just seeing the young person um, with one lens which might be they're presenting with low mood or they're presenting with um, some kind of unusual behaviours that we can't make sense of um, and it, how important it is 
to not look at things in isolation, but to see the whole person. And in your experience, Sophie and James, when you might have had a good experience of people seeing you as a whole person, what simple things did they make sure they did to, to do that or make you feel like they were looking at you as a whole person? Um, I think for me it was when we had conversations it wasn't just about mental health um, and it actually looked at I remember having conversations about the things that I enjoyed or then remembering that I'd been to like a gig the week before and then they asked about that and it was just it really helped me to remind myself that I was more than just a person with a mental health diagnosis if that makes sense so I was more than just the anxiety that I was feeling or I was more than just the intrusive thoughts that I was having and I think for me when I was feeling unwell with that that took over my whole world so to have someone actually remind me of oh you know last week we spoke about music have you listened to anything new and just look at kind of the things that I enjoy but as well as that for me I think it was someone trying to remind me of the, the strengths as well because I was so focused on the things that I felt like I couldn't do and feeling guilty that I forgot about the things that I could do and the achievements that I still did have so whether that was just getting out of bed in the morning or getting to that appointment and feeling like I could talk about it by someone looking at the kind of the whole picture and the things I still could do as well as the things that I enjoy in addition to or instead of just looking at my mental health that really made a difference to me and it made me feel like more of a I felt like more of a person than just another, you know, case that they were seeing, if that makes sense. Mm, definitely. James, does that resonate for you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I, d I don't know what else to add to what Sophie said, really. Um, I know it's it's not easy for services to, you know, to always treat everyone like a complete individual. But to do it to a to you know to get as close to that as possible, I think is is super valuable, um, and it you know it makes makes the person you're talking to feel a lot differently about the the situation they're in, and um, I think they feel like me personally, I, I I'd feel um, less that I like I had to uh, say and do particular things so I, I feel like less less restricted because then I, I I feel like I could be a bit more truthful about um you know um how I felt and yeah and just like and also I suppose just in my I could, I could be be more myself um so it just yeah it was, yeah from my point of view it made me feel a bit more comfortable um I've heard from other people it, it does similarly for, for them I'm sure it's not the case for everyone, but yeah, it kind of just makes you feel you feel like you've got a bit more um, conversational and behavioural freedom, I suppose. Does it help build trust, do you think, I guess, in these situations where you're feeling quite vulnerable, where you're feeling like it's quite difficult to ask for help? Do you think these are the sorts of things that help build a sense of trust in a relationship? Absolutely. Um, but the the key thing for me has always been um, so, uh, what, what uh, like a good standard of communication. 
what, what, in whatever form that might might take. I think as long as you know, two people can feel that they're uh, being understood by each other, or in some cases they need to might need to make it clear in some situations that they're not being understood. You know, if, if one, one of one of those or, or either of those can be achieved, and so you know, um, then I think it, it, it can. Uh, you have a much clearer method of communication, and then everyone feels like they're understood, and you know, and then you, you can feel like you can uh, trust that person more easily. So, in terms of thinking about communication, I think you know making sure that people are being straightforward, that they're being really clear, and that they're enabling the person that they're they're communicating with to give feedback about whether they're they're correct or not not that every, not assume that you've got it right um and maybe thinking about different ways to communicate because i guess sometimes you might need to be quite creative especially if you're already struggling and you might be struggling with your memory or you might be struggling to take a lot of information in yeah there have been times when people have kind of been a bit more creative about that yeah i think yeah it depends on you know, um on the on the situation and uh, who you're talking to or who, or who you're trying to uh communicate in a in a different way with although yeah it it just it just kind of brings up um sort of like feelings and like memories for me is like it, it, so i think I, I kind of got to a, a point where you know it, it kind of it, it took a lot of energy out of me to um you know just sort of converse normally and you know sometimes I just I just felt like you know just like giving like kind of communication up altogether which you know I suppose wouldn't really help me particularly but um, I suppose then you know people would have to try a different communication uh, communication method with me but it's yeah sometimes it, it just feels like yeah it just kind of feels like for me I'm, I'm not because I'm, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm getting anywhere, and I'm sometimes, you know, I just get fed up of hearing my own voice. So, <laughs> so I just think like, well, you know, what's the point in, you know, what's the point in talking, all, all that sort of thing. But yeah, as, as I was, I was, I was just saying, you know, it, it can be really important to try and to, you know, um, help yourself and others. So, sorry, I might have got off track a bit there. No, but I'm just, I'm just imagining. I guess you in a scenario where you're feeling you're a bit exhausted from communicating and you're quite hard to reach and the people who are working to try and support you are feeling a bit lost and sort of maybe feeling like they're going to give up and and I don't know if this rings true if you've ever been in this scenario as well Sophie but just wondering you know you can you've probably been in that place where somebody's been really trying to reach you and they're not quite getting it right and I guess is there a sense of like have you seen people give up and how has that felt and and what's an alternative to kind of feeling like people aren't giving up on you because it could be a timing issue you know like right now this might not be a good time for you is there a way that somebody can kind of acknowledge that they're trying but it's not working but they they're not going to leave this they're, they're gonna they're not leaving you they're not giving up I mean do, do you understand what I'm trying to say 
um, that conundrum that you must have seen people in if you were struggling to communicate and they were struggling to reach you? I, I think so. Um, so something that comes to mind is when I was working with someone before, um, it's always difficult, isn't it? It's, it's difficult speaking about how you're feeling, especially for the first time. And I was really worried that I was going to be judged. And um, I, I didn't really know what to expect. And I remember them trying to ask me like loads of questions. And in inside, I really wanted to answer. Like I had these thoughts in my head and I really wanted to just get them out and be able to say all this. But I just felt like I couldn't for whatever reason. I felt guilty that I was saying it, especially with the intrusive thoughts. I felt that I didn't understand that. So what if I said that to someone? How are they going to interpret it? And I remember being in a few, like, there was in a fair few sessions and it wasn't that I didn't want to engage with someone I just felt really scared to um and I think that's that can be really important as well because it's not necessarily that someone doesn't want to speak about it it's that sometimes I know that I felt like I couldn't um and the changing point for me there was um they suggested that I tried writing it down so and I didn't write it down in the session I wrote it down like in between sessions and then at the session they would read it and then would speak about it and the first time I went back, I, I just like I jotted some words down about how I was feeling. So it wasn't anything in a sentence. It was just things that I was feeling inside. So like fearful, feeling scared, anxious. Um, and then on each session, I was able to kind of build upon that. Um, and that for me was kind of the the bridge into being able to actually speak about how I was feeling, I guess. So I'd jot a few words down and then I'd write a few more sentences and, and they'd read them back to me. And that was a really good way to be able to kind of like clarify how I was feeling as well without so they weren't assuming that they knew how I felt but they would read it back to me they'd check it we'd like reflect on it together um if that makes sense that's really helpful and I guess it goes to show that all of this doesn't happen in one go you know it takes time and I think you know if you're afraid of describing what's happening in your mind then the other person's whole being the way they're presenting the way they're behaving their non-verbal body language their sense of kind of being in the same space as you and caring is going to be so critical as to whether or not you're going to feel able to kind of describe that stuff it, it just must make such a difference all of those things must add up those small little tiny things must add up to whether or not you can you can feel safe enough I suppose brave enough because it must require a huge amount of braveness to describe some of these things which you've been holding on to for a long time worrying about trying to manage on your own and I, I think for me in like going on from that it was I knew that I was that I wasn't saying as much as I could for, for whatever reason and I was worried about without knowing what was going on myself it's like how do I explain that to someone else but I think the biggest thing for me was even if I was only doing a sentence or jotting a few words down for the next session like that was enough and knowing that that person didn't put any pressure on me and they kind of validated that and that they they were happy happy is probably the wrong word but just knowing that they didn't give up that they you know they kept coming to the sessions I kept going to the sessions and we done it at my pace that gave me confidence that that was a safe place and that I could start to speak more and that this person wasn't just going to you know think 
like that doctor did that I spoke about earlier well if this doesn't work nothing will I think that was always in my head and when you starting to when I started to build that confidence up and know that that person wasn't just gonna tell me that nothing would work again but they were happy to work with me to look for other solutions whether it was like in the journal or whatever that felt like a good first step for me I think to be able to start working through it and to start building up that relationship to feel like it was a supportive place to be able to speak that's so helpful Sophie thank you so I think we need to finish up because of the time I was just going to get from from each of you maybe kind of one key thing that you think it's important to remember if you're an adult connecting with a young person who might be distressed what would your one piece of advice be short and snappy what do you reckon Sophie um I think it would be going back to just because someone isn't communicating with you doesn't mean they don't want to and just to remember that that person is a whole person and to try and look at other ways that you might be able to support them to to speak out thank you Sophie Seb people if I a book people have lots of pages and if you don't read all the stories or all the pages then you're not going to get where you want to get to with a person wow that's beautiful seb thank you james that's a hard act to follow <laughs> it is a bit yeah um but thankfully i've got something in mind um so i yeah i would say like you know take take it each moment at a time if you need to and and try your try your best not to worry about anything external to you at, at the time I know it may not always be possible but you know um, it can help just to try and be present in, in the moment oh wow such a simple but absolutely poignant point well thank you all three today for sharing such helpful advice based on your real lived experiences. It's been a real privilege to speak with you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe. It's free and means the podcast will automatically download every fortnight. Do rate and review our podcast and follow our social media accounts. They're all in the show notes. And more than anything, look after yourself.